Hey, Mark. Thanks for being on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, so Mark is, uh, is a friend of mine. He uh, runs Everyday Kitchen with his wife. Uh, he's got a lot more crazy things about him. I actually was introduced to him as uh, producer Mark uh, from the Justin and Greg show. So, but, you know, I'm, I, I, I can't fill in everything. So tell me a little bit about yourself and then Everyday Kitchen, too. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so like like you said, my name's Mark. My wife and I, uh, my wife Katie and I, we run uh, the Everyday Kitchen, which is North America's first sourdough donut shop. Um, that's located right here in Regina, Saskatchewan. And so we do sourdough donuts as well as a full uh, a full coffee bar. So yeah, we're located right in the historic warehouse district uh, in Regina. Um, before that, I ran a marketing agency uh, with a friend of mine and uh and yeah and so you know i've we've dabbled in marketing and now entrepreneurship and business ownership so yeah that's a little bit about me <laughs> so so i i did say before that i i knew you as producer mark and you worked on the uh justin and greg show as uh the behind the scenes i guess producer you did all the uh the other stuff uh that that they weren't able to do at the time so uh sound and upload and any kind of tech stuff in the background um, yeah yeah yeah, so they were, they were sorry, so they were one of the first like Facebook Live shows. Yeah, um, that was really like regular. So yeah, I, I got to help out with that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been trying to get them on, but uh, you know, with uh, Greg starting up uh, as uh, the new host of uh, Z99's show there, and yeah. uh, Justin's been crazy to get a hold of too. But hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to kind of book him in one of these times. But uh, it's great to have one of the trio in because you were behind the scenes and I don't think you got enough uh, respect because I'm doing this now as a solo project <laughs> or, or a solo yeah. act. And it is tough, man, like to, to get everything together and make sure everything goes smoothly. And if something breaks, it's the end of the world, but uh, trying to make it not seem so anyway. Um, totally. So going from the marketing side of things, like why donuts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so that was more my wife. So when our, our second son was born uh, at the beginning of 2018, I, uh, I quit my full-time job, which was marketing for an, uh, an automotive group and started a marketing agency. Like I said, we specialized or focused in on Facebook and Instagram ads for, for various kinds of businesses or organizations. And, um, and at the same time, Katie, um, about six months before that had started, um, she developed a sourdough donut recipe out of our house just a way she's always done baking and you know kind of sold baking and stuff on the side um, but she got fascinated with sourdough and at the same time wanted to make a donut because our oldest son hadn't had any donuts ever she wanted something a little healthier so so kind of simultaneously it worked really well actually because I was you know working from home was was my office primarily um, and she was working from home and so it was really it was a really great tandem for us to be able to help each other out and look after kids when the other one needed it. Um, and so, so from there, um, you know, she, she started to pursue the donut thing a little bit more and it got busier and busier um, until we had a meeting uh, with a gentleman named Tim Schultz and uh, he's the landlord of the building that we're in right now. And we were looking just to rent some commercial kitchen space. Um, he had a commercial kitchen that he was renting out to different vendors. And through that conversation, it just kind of led to, why don't you guys just open a coffee and donut shop? At which point Katie said, yeah. And I said, 
okay. <laughs> and so, so it really was, it was just a really, um, it, I, it wasn't by chance, but you know, it was just a really fortunate series of events that, um, that took us there. And so it, it was just the step of, uh, really actually just looking to try to get the production out of our house instead. And then it led us down the road to where we are. So I didn't have any plans though, of, of kind of joining the donut or coffee side of things when yeah. we first kind of had headed down that path. So, yeah. I remember when you had started it, you were just helping Katie out and this was just something where you're going to use your skills as a marketer to assist in that. And then I think it just, exploded um i haven't seen a lot of businesses immediately get the traction that you guys did uh right out of the gate um it was awesome to see like someone local and, and some people that i knew and really respected like be able to do that so what yeah. what was the key to the success of just getting that off the ground you know, i would love to say that it had anything to do with my marketing but honestly it was um katie had done an incredible job of using her instagram account to build up a really loyal following. Um, and so how how it worked from the house was uh, once a week she would post in her stories, um, or sorry, she would post and then once a week on Tuesday evenings, uh, our online store would go live and she would just preload the inventory and once it was sold out, it was sold out. And so anywhere between 300 and 440 donuts was the max she could make out of the house. Um, and they would be gone in anywhere from three to 10 minutes every week. And That's so it was crazy. only once a week, right? So it was a bit of a risk, like it was a big jump. But because of that, she had a really diehard following like her, I think, you know, when we opened, you know, she had built up her account to about 5,000 followers, but really always highly engaged from a metric standpoint. I don't know how granular or how nerdy um, you want me to go, but obviously metrics are everything when you're marketing to actually know how effective it is. And so her, you know, her engagement rate was minimum 20% across the board on Instagram, uh, organically all the time. And so, so when we opened, it just translated. Um, and then that word of mouth spread, I mean, the other side of it, so that's kind of the organic grassroots marketing side. And then the other side of it was that she developed a really unique world-class product. And so, you know, it's one thing we, you see it in today often where, businesses or brands, they can build up a lot of hype around a launch. Um, but if the product doesn't match that hype or exceed it, they just kind of fizzle out over time. Um, but, but in Katie's case, like with the recipe and, and with the product and how she's continued to innovate with it, it's, that just hasn't been the case. And so that, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm. And to be, to be honest with you, it was just a perfect storm. And we were the first kind of artisanal donut shop to market in the city. So there, there's just a lot of things that, that all lined up all at once um, mm -hmm. that look like it was easy or super successful right off the start, but it was actually just a ton of hard work on her part, um, you know, crafting her posts and, and using her organic following really, really well. Well, if we could geek out about data too a little bit, cause this is primarily yeah. just something around marketing. Um, the thing that surprises me about that is you have all these people that have food centric social media and that's mm -hmm. food is appealing to everyone, especially when it's baked goods, you'll get people from all over the world. Uh, what helped keep things local that then translated into people actually coming in to purchase donuts? Yeah, I think um, it was Katie. So instead of it being a food based or product based page or brand, Katie was really the brand of the, um, 
of the everyday kitchen and of the product. So it was just as much her, her personal life, her showing up on her feed uh, in stories, you know, constantly every day um, as well as the product. Right. And, and originally because it, you know, how that core kind of diehard fan group started was donuts were really one day a week. They were Saturdays. And so that's kind of when you'd see the content, you'd see a little bit here and out there throughout, but the rest of the content was Katie and you know our kids and unfortunately me and our life and so it was you know it was uh yeah it was one of those things where it was just she set out to do it differently um not for the sake of just being different but just to, I, I think to try it you know we just saw she saw a gap in in how businesses were using their social and honestly back then like locally especially no one locally was even really using instagram at all like you know you think 2017 um early 2018 like small businesses in town weren't really using their social media channels in an effective way uh and so so yeah a lot of it just boiled down to her really being purposeful in it and and having a personality attached to the brand to start with yeah awesome um i i love how much you guys support each other and everything and i know that this is her baby but uh, like the amount of work that I've seen you just personally step up and take on and then go, okay, this is my full-time gig now. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's really cool. And I'd love to get Katie on and even actually both of you guys on at some point, but, um, obviously there's some stuff that's kind of tying Katie up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. is that okay if we talk about it now? Do you want to? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, she's actually been, so we, uh, Katie's not transitioning out of the business, but I mean, we're, we're expecting our third baby any day here. So, so yeah, so she doesn't do much of, we try to get her to not do much of anything right now, um, <laughs> other than just tying up loose ends, you know, yeah. to be off for a few weeks. I think I can probably keep her away for about six weeks. That's about the max that I, I think I can keep her away. But yeah, we actually, you know, when we, when she set out to do this, um, you know, out of that first meeting with Tim, it was the idea that we weren't going to be in the business 16 hours a day, every day for 20 years. Um, that just wasn't how we were going to run the business and whether that succeeded or not was fine. We were going to just try a different model that worked for our family because that's what worked when we were doing it from home. Um, and so it's been a really hectic two years, obviously, but, um, but we have a, a great management team now in place and Katie's been working with our kitchen manager since September last year and really, you know, just trying to pass on as much information and knowledge as possible. And so it's a learning curve for everybody and in every role, right? As the business grows, you know, I, I learn new things every day. Katie learns new things and our team's learning new things. So, you know, we're not, not involved, but we're trying to be less, um, hands-on every day if that makes sense yeah yeah um like congratulations um i i yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know what that's going to be like is to try to get her to step back and like take a break and like <laughs> yeah. sit down um and it's not an easy thing but uh you you guys have always from the start had a plan and that's been yeah. nice to see um and seeing it execute like successfully um this is obviously what you said national donut day so you're going crazy today in general uh, yeah, yeah, we did a new product today. Uh, we did like Long John, so like just a long stuffed donut with a whipped cream filling. But we had never done anything like that before. Um, stuffed donuts, actually, an interesting tidbit. Stuffed donuts for us with sourdough, um, they can become a more difficult product because the the proofing, everything's ambient proof here, meaning it just sits out 
in the space to proof. We don't use proof first to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, we just lack control sometimes over how the product turns out um, because it's a natural product. So, so yeah, but they turned out and it was really good. It's been, it's been awesome. And so, you know, people love new things, whether it's a new drink or a new donut or a new flavor. So anytime there's something new, people kind of go a little bonkers for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst because as much as I try to get out there to try the new things, they're always gone. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, well, I'm so bad at like pre-ordering they, stuff. Yeah, they were gone at like eight. Like, I mean, we really, we really work our hardest as a small business to try to make things accessible for people, right? So there's like, you can order for citywide delivery, you can order for pickup, you can come anytime that day, or you can walk in and, and get it, right? So we have three different ways. But still, I mean, people are always disappointed because the keeners are on right at seven, or there's a lineup out the door like this morning, you know, at seven to get the product. And and because we use a shared space and because the donuts take 48 hours to make, we can't just make more, right? Like we, yep. it's just, it's impossible. That, that's so, yeah, that's actually, out, out. that's the answer to, uh, to a question that I was asked when I was talking about you guys um, is like, well, why don't they just make more, you know, as if it's that easy, right? Um, yeah. So you're saying it's, it's a limited amount of time and space. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, we like we share a kitchen, first of all. So whether we're making 600 donuts or like a day like today and tomorrow, where we're making 1400 donuts, there is we have to be out of the kitchen by 8.30, no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just limits a how much we can make. Like I said before, because of the nature of the product, we can't just cut 1400 long johns. It doesn't work that way with how we how we have to pull the dough, the air in the dough. I mean, we can get really scientific on it. But but it just doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. And and honestly, like, you know, we exclusivity isn't a bad thing all the time. Like it turns some people off, you know, and eventually they they stop trying or you know, and and that's unfortunate. We're working. That's that's part of why we're you know hoping to exp- or why we are expanding and we're building a new facility is that we you know we want to um, we want to try to serve as many people as possible. But at the end of the day, you know, when we're out. Route. there's just nothing nothing more we can do about it so uh well so you guys aren't really sharing a kitchen anymore at least in the near future because you do have a new space um when when's that going to be happening yeah so we're targeting um august i think we'll probably move in sometime in august uh, as a team probably do like a week or two of of being open in there and then we're targeting a big grand opening on september long weekend Sweet. That's awesome. Um, this will be out a little bit before then, um, you know, and, and uh, after. So hopefully everyone can give some congratulations uh, on your Instagram yeah, and awesome. Facebook there. Um, so besides that, uh, have you guys thought about additional locations? Or are you kind of like playing it as safe as you can, but still trying to be as smart going forward? Yeah, for sure. There's always an element of risk, right, involved when you are looking at any business or expansion or anything like that. So uh, we have a location that's coming out in the east side of the city, um, hopefully this year. That one, we just don't have control over the timeline fully because we're not the ones building it. Uh, there's a developer doing it, and we're part of a, a group of businesses going in. So, so it's really up to the developer, um, but we're hoping that's going to be November. Um, and so part of the part of the catalyst for us moving and building a new space was um to be able to facilitate making enough product for two locations we needed a new kitchen we needed our own kitchen space so when we were in the process of looking for a kitchen the building across the street kind of came up um and then it just made sense to 
to build a production facility, uh, storage, and then also a, a brand new coffee bar um, with that as well. So, yeah. Sweet. No, that's awesome. Can't wait to see that. Um, I do want to touch on something that you probably answered a million times as a small business owner in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, COVID. So wh when did you open up the your doors the first time? That was 2019? So we opened, yeah, September 7th, 2019 was our first day operational. Right, uh, we so. ran kind of more limited hours through September. And then starting beginning of October, we opened our like six days a week. So not yeah. even a year in, half a year. And, uh, yeah, we were sudden... six months, five months in. Yeah. And then COVID hit, um, which was honestly, it, it was really stressful. And I'm sure once my baby is born and we open the other shop and I get some time to actually think about my life over the last year and a half, I'll probably realize I have PTSD. But the, but the reality was we were still in startup mode, um, you know, being only like five or six months into a business and having never run like a brick and mortar anything before. So, so for us to adapt and change um, quickly wasn't, um, wasn't out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I don't want to say it wasn't difficult. It was extremely difficult, but it was, um, it was just something we were already doing every week. And so it didn't really, didn't really matter that we had to change. I mean, we, we did it really fast. Like they announced the restrictions and that weekend we built our pickup website, built out a system for curbside pickup, which like, I mean, we hadn't done, I like really up until then, no one had done curbside pickup because why would you? Yeah. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then we built a delivery site and set up a whole delivery system. Um, and so, so with that, you know, and then we launched that all on Monday morning, not knowing how it would work or if it would work. So, uh, but it worked really well because we, you know, we closed Saturday, like we normally did, um, in store. And then Monday morning we were open just with different options. And, um, Fortunately for us, we were one of the only places that chose to stay open for the first few weeks. And, you know, people like comfort food and donuts. And, you know, we're in that, we're in that uh, affordable luxury category, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. You can, uh, you'll, you're willing to afford a, you know, a more expensive coffee or a treat with a donut or a beer, you know, something like that, but maybe not necessarily that, you know, $200 pair of jeans. Um, and so, so yeah, we just exploded um, over the first few months of COVID. Um, you know, we had some unique press coverage. We decided, Katie and I decided to donate 100% of the profits to um, from the business to different charities over the first two months of COVID when everything was closed down. And so, you know, that, that also gave us some some press coverage, uh, which which helped us to bring more awareness to the brand, yep. to the business. But um, but yeah, we just, you know, we, we kind of took off. And, and from there, it's been been good I, I, it's hard to say that as a business owner when i know that other people are struggling right or if they're you know they're on the verge of losing their business but yeah. but for us um it was extremely difficult um and uh but for, from a business perspective it's been really it's been really good for us so if i could kind of like take some points from that and, and from what i know about you guys is uh, I think the reason for your success is you were agile and you've always been agile because you're young business owners that um, yeah. are, have a fresh product and a fresh take on product and a fresh take on your marketing and social. Um, so when it, when it came to a situation like that, 
Um, I, I wasn't as afraid for other business owners as, you know, a lot of the business owners were. I saw a lot of them get out of it unscathed, maybe a little better off. Um, yep. The ones who didn't adapt were the ones that kind of fell to the wayside or didn't have proper planning ahead of time. And um, I, I think you guys did a really kick-ass job just getting yourself set up you. that way. And uh, like, I'm so stoked that you guys as a staple are, are still around. So um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been like, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's been, it's been good. And, and that's exactly like you, you saw people adapt, change, um, you know, and, and other people, you know, if you've run a business for 20 or 25 years and all of a sudden something like this pops up yeah. and that's hard, like yeah. you'd be tired anyway, like, you know, and then, and then to do it, I, I just feel for those people because it's, it's just such a tough place to be well, in. Running a business that you started 20 years ago is very different than, you know, even the last <laughs> five years or so. Um, yeah, totally. And it's it's tough because they're they're living in a different world that relies on things that aren't necessarily online. Um, yeah. So the, the the brick and mortar can be affected if you don't look at all your alternatives and options. So. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, an, another advantage was coffee and donuts is really takeout ready, yeah. right? We already had boxes, we already had cups. You know, like it wasn't a hard switch for us to take out. If you're a restaurant who's never really run takeout or delivery before all of a sudden have to set that up find packaging that works like that stuff's a nightmare yeah. and so so yeah so you know it, it's just it's draining and wearing for people for sure yeah um well so I, I think the last thing i do want to touch on is um the the success that you've had i think it's in due part to a lot of collaboration with other businesses or at least collaboration in the social media standpoint where um, you're reaching out, you're engaging people, you're, you're trying to have a conversation with whether it's your customers or other businesses totally. or, you know, people in the news or anywhere like that. Um, can you talk about that a little more and what your strategy is for collaboration? Yeah, for sure. Collaboration is an interesting thing. So before, like I said, Katie was really tied up in our brand. And so we actually were um, extremely careful who we collaborated with. We often get requests from other businesses or, or people who, you know, want to include us or have us involved in a giveaway or promotions for doing, but if, you know, our personal policy is if we haven't used your product um, and we wouldn't actually recommend it, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. Um, and so, uh, because, you know, that's part of the factor, right? Marketing is no like and trust. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if they know us and they like us and they trust us, then I don't want to, we don't want to abuse that for, followers or growth or, or money even. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so we, we wanted to make sure that we really held that close. What we actually recently just did is we split our brand, I guess, essentially. So um, Katie has her own channel on Instagram uh, and Facebook. And then we started a brand new kind of channel for um, Instagram and Facebook for the, the business brick and mortar. And so there's still a lot of crossover between the two because um, Katie's still running them both. But we decided, and the reason for that is we decided that um, the business, you know, to move to multi-location or, you know, even to talk about your previous question, if we potentially moved into other cities or places like that, that local factor doesn't necessarily tie in as much anymore. And so we wanted to run, um, make sure that we had a, the opportunity for the brick and mortar to share more and do more collaborations. And so, you know, our, our future planning for collaborations is, you know, working with other local companies or providers to um, maybe create some unique toppings or ingredient collaborations. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of potentials out there and I don't want to 
give anything away. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there, there's some great other, you know, artisanal shops and places in town that do stuff that would work really well if our products combined. Like I know what that whole situation hero. is like. Like I, I, Matt Barton's my first guest on the podcast, and oh, uh, so yeah, I'm friends yeah. with him, and I'm talking, and they always have things cooking that he can't talk about, and I understand. Like there's yeah. so many things that can go away or take like two years to manifest. Um, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, is it? It might not work out. So yeah, until you know, until we know for sure, we'll never really try to spill the beans. But yeah, so th that that's one aspect of it. Um, you know, for us, how up until this point, our collaborations have often looked like. Like I said, products that we've either tried or loved. Um, for us, it's trying to purchase as much local as possible. So supporting local companies, purchasing, uh, you know, all the flour, which is the main ingredient in our product, is a local organic farm. It's milled here. It's grown here. Um, you know, any inclusions that we possibly can. There's certain things that you just can't buy in Saskatchewan or buy locally. Um, but, you know, we're, we enjoy highlighting those people because because those people deserve to be known as well, right? They're a, yeah. a key part of the product. Um, you know, aside from that, the charitable organizations or the, the organizations that we work with or partner with as monthly, as our monthly donation partners, they, you know, we, we like making sure that people are aware of, of them and their existence or what their needs are, or, you know, if they have a fundraiser that's coming up, you know, it, it's just nice to be able, we don't want to just take from the community. We want to be involved and be able to give back to the community and so that's a, that's a really key piece of the collaboration portion often from our experience um when people use the word collaboration it usually means i want to use your engaged followers for my benefit yeah unfortunately yeah um and so it's actually been pretty few and far between that it's been a mutually beneficial collaboration um but but it doesn't mean it can't be done right and it's just got to be approached differently for people. That's all. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just, I think that's, uh, and this is kind of the way that I approach collaborations on too, is in that trust factor. Um, and, and the collaborations that I've seen with you or um, other small businesses around that are kind of in the same circle of everything is they do trust each other. And it's a lot of uh, collaboration with people that you already are in the know of or already have been friends with or colleagues for, uh, for yeah. a while. So yeah. it's not necessarily like going out and reaching every single new business and uh, collabing and uh, maybe there's a different word for it but uh, that, that's always just been the mainstay is to uh, have have businesses kind of work together and uh, feed off each other and kind of promote each other's stuff that's the way I look at it and maybe it's too naive yeah. or altruistic yeah, yeah. no 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 that, that's a great way to do it right you know and, yeah. and we're always happy to highlight or promote people that once again that we like their product right or or especially you're in the same circles often businesses can and this is aside from collaboration, but they get into giveaways and, you know, you have to follow like eight, you have to follow like eight brands. And I'm like, you know, for us to go along and team up with like a skincare studio and like all these things that just don't necessarily make sense to either our, yeah. our product, but also we really know who our target audience is. And so if these things don't make sense to our target audience, well, we're not going to, we're not going to say yes to that because that's, we're not serving them. Right. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, my social media, our business, we're meant to serve our customers and serve our clients um, and go out of our way to, to serve them. Right. And so often we can often, you know, as business owners, we can get that kind of mixed up or backwards. And we think that the customers are there to serve us with their dollars. Um, but, but it really, it really should be the other way around. So. Yeah. And, and like even this podcast, um, I got it launched and I'm, I'm 
just talking to a lot of my friends and people around town and it's not like mm -hmm. the everyday kitchen has not paid for this <laughs> so i don't know if anyone's gonna no. gonna take that as that but <laughs> the reason why i'm bringing you on here um is just to pick your brain and, and get an idea of like where you came from from the marketing world how you're adapting to that in your business um also like sharing in your success because your success is saskatchewan success is everyone else's success and um you guys should be lauded for like what you're doing and i want to highlight that with with other businesses and i, I think yeah, that's you. uh you guys are, are promoting that as well but i see you promoting a lot of um where you're talking about the uh the organizations that you guys are supporting with uh, your proceeds over you know whatever period of time um yeah. and and that's a good way where you're just you're you're trying to bring each other up and yeah right that, that's the goal right you know it, it's still we're we're really just a, a city who's a big small town and so you know and, and i'm from a small town originally and so it's you know it's all about looking after looking after the people around you um and so yeah including other small businesses right like i mm -hmm. mean we know firsthand how hard it is to do this and so so yeah it's uh yeah it's important to us that people feel supported um and and noticed right you know often you can feel like maybe your business isn't getting recognition or no one knows you exist so if we can take five minutes and highlight that that's a you know that, that's a cool thing to do it's very cool yeah um well I, I really appreciate you being on, man. Um, to end it off, do you want to tell us where they can find your stuff and uh, what else is going on? Any any new stuff? Uh, no, I mean, there's always new stuff, but no. Uh, no no more crazy new stuff. we got a new building opening up in September. Uh, it's right across the street from where we currently are, which is 1377 Hamilton Street, um, right in the warehouse district in Regina. And so, yeah, so we're open. Come on down. Try it out. I'll have links to all the social and everything in uh, in awesome. the description Thanks, for everywhere. So, but uh, yeah, again, man, I appreciate it being on, and uh, I'll let you get to resting because National Donut Day, I'm sure, just <laughs> kicked the crap out of you. That'll be perfect. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Bye. Bye.